Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I just wanted to put you in the mood for this next conversation. Uh, that is Fleetwood Mac, their blues session at Chicago's Chess Studios, January 1969. There's a new book uh, talking about this one day in music history. So, taken by the only photographer present, some of these photos were originally shown on the first release of the album recorded that day, Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. And now for the first time, all the color black and white shots from that day are presented in one collection, including some never before published. Now, along with Fleetwood Mac members Peter Green, Danny Kerwin, Jeremy Spencer, McFleetwood, John McVie, major Chicago blues musicians were also featured in the session, including Willie Dixon, Otis Spann, and Buddy Guy. The images are fantastic. There are forewords by two of the producers at this session, Mike Vernon and Marshall Chess, kind of providing the setting for this. And to talk about all this is, again, photographer Jeff Lowenthal. He's a He was an enthusiastic amateur, but soon became a professional after images he took at a recording session were featured in Downbeat Magazine. Robert Schaffner, his hometown of Chicago, and his interest in British blues made the Fleetwood Mac and Chicago album a perfect topic for this book. And they both join us on WGN Radio. Gentlemen, welcome in. Good morning. Good, good evening. afternoon. Good evening. Good Dave. evening. Good evening. Hello, Jens. Good to have you on. It's been a long day. Yes, it has. <laughs> um, well, I want to hear from both of you on this. Um, I'm going to ask Jeff first. You know, you took the the pictures of this. You took all the the images for this. Like, how long in your head did you say this? Is 54 years ago. This has got to be a book. This has got to be some story behind this. Behind besides just the pictures uh, that you well, took. Not at the time I took them, because frankly, uh, when Marshall Chess asked me to photograph this session, I didn't know who Fleetwood Mac was. I mainly photographed the chess people in their blues sessions and jazz sessions, but uh, Fleetwood Mac was a mystery to me. And of course, they were just beginning to sell a lot of records in England and were very popular there, and they were one of their first tours of, of America. So uh, I I never thought about a book. I saw a lot of interesting-looking faces and musicians, some of whom I knew from chess, and I just uh, shot the job and delivered the film, and I thought I was done. And and 52 years later, uh, Bob Schaffner encouraged me to do a book, and that's how it came about. Yeah, Bob, I was going to say, so what was your interest in, in all of this? Um, I met uh, Jeff at a Jeremy Spencer concert, actually, uh, ex-Fleetwood Mac member, through Paul Hamer, a mutual friend. And uh, I just got to thinking that, you know, musicians, artists, actors, people get ripped off left and right, and Jeff is no exception to that rule, unfortunately. And uh, I I badgered him, Jeff, until he caved, until we got a publisher, <laughs> and uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Bob, I'd have to ask you, okay, so we're talking Saturday, January 6, 1969. Fleetwood Mac arrived at Chess Termar Studio on 320 East 21st Street in Chicago. What's the background on this recording session? How did it even come about? Well, I think Jeff can answer that. Jeff? Well, uh, the producer, Mike Vernon, who uh, was from England and, and was their manager or 
at least their record company owner at the time, uh, had been convinced they were ready to tour America. And Peter Green had expressed an interest in, in since they had a date in Chicago, one of the things he wanted to do was go to basically a black blues club on the west side or the south side of Chicago and play in front of that audience. And he wanted to meet some of these blues guys they'd only heard on records. And some of the other people in the session, uh, Jeremy Spencer was uh, very much enamored of uh, a, a blues performer, and he wanted to do it. And I guess some of the other guys might have been a little lukewarm, but uh, they managed to set it up. They talked to Marshall Chess, who said, yes, the studio was available. And Willie Dixon, the bass player and a famous composer who worked for Chess Records, uh, said he could arrange to get some of the chess blues players to play with them. And that's how it came about. Wow. Wow. I mean, you just think, I mean, chess was just le- legendary. I mean, Muddy Waters, Willie Dixon, you know, mentioned Buddy Guy, Otis Span. And, but you also noted that, you know, okay, so you're, you're set up for this. Like, who hired you for it? Was it chess or was it Fleetwood Mac? Marshall, that- Marshall Chess hired me. Yeah. And I had been doing other sessions for Marshall of Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and even Ramsey Lewis. Uh, when they were extending, extending into the pop area. So Marshall knew me, and uh, Mike Vernon did not, and he had neglected to ask Marshall about a photographer. So they kind of called me at the last minute, and Marshall said, sure, I got a guy for you. Wow. So, you know, you think about this when you were when you were there and it, it took them a little while to warm up, you know, reading the book and so forth. And and you can actually hear it in the album, too, that they were just kind of getting their feet wet a little bit and figuring out what everybody was going to do and kind of get settled in the room. Did you at least know, again, not knowing who Fleetwood Mac was at the time, did you at least know that was a really unique moment in music history that was happening in that studio? Uh, I wasn't necessarily aware of all the history, but I was aware this was one of the first times or the first time that a a blues band from England had ever recorded with the Chicago blues musicians. The Rolling Stones had recorded at Chess Studios, but they were only the Rolling Stones. They didn't have any local bluesmen playing with them. So this was a first, and I did know that. You know, we talk about Fleetwood Mac. I mean, they're just, a, you know, a, a rock band that is so beloved by so many. And, and Bob, you know, you said you had a, your interest in, in British blues. Like, you know, t- tell us about those early days of, of Fleetwood Mac before they even got here to Chicago. Well, uh, yeah, I, I grew up with uh, blues and uh, classical music. And, you know, cert- certain music just kind of just hits you, hits your heart. And Peter Green and Danny Kerwin did that for me. Um, and it should be noted that in 69, although not in the States, overseas, Fleetwood Mac was selling more records than the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Wow. Um, so they were very successful. I mean, one of, one of the things that most people don't realize is that, that Peter Green wrote Black Magic Woman, which Carlos Santana made a hit, uh, but he wrote that back in 1967, 1968. Now, I have um, to... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Robert. No, go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say, you know, looking at the images of this book and trying to just place yourself in the studio when that was happening, the the images are awesome. And, and, and um, you know, I know, Jeff, you enjoyed photographing musicians and you, and you knew you were good at it, you know, because as, as, when you're in your trade, you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at. You knew you were yeah. good at, 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 at photographing musicians, but 
when I looked at some of the angles and so forth, you, you almost want to want to stay out of their way a little bit. So how did you, without disrupting the session itself, you almost have to be intentional and no, not being... Actually, you do. You find a way to stay out of their way. Yeah. And uh, I, I've told people in other interviews that uh, I had a basic premise. When I go to record a, uh, to shoot a recording session, the musicians are there to play music and make their record, which can be a very difficult thing in the, in the cold confines of a record studio. So I don't want to do anything that impinges on their playing music. So you do find a way to take the pictures you need without infringing on their space. Now, the most popular picture from that session probably is one I took of Peter Green, and I shot that with a 21-millimeter lens. That's an extreme wide-angle lens. And I was probably four feet away from him. But you notice in most of the pictures, or all but one or two, there's no interaction with the musicians and me. They're interacting with each, each other, other, which right. is the kind of thing you want you want to capture. Absolutely. I love yeah. this book. One thing, one, one thing that I must say that Marshall Chess gave Jeff Lowenthal a lot of credit for, obviously he was in a lot of sessions, and he said a, lo- a lot of photographers can really mess up a session, a song, or the whole day. And Jeff was a fly on the wall. And if you notice in the pictures, which you obviously have, Mm -hmm. nobody's looking at Jeff. Mm -mm, Nobody. No, it is all. Yeah, it's absolutely done from just different perspectives of the room. Like you feel like you're there just watching it, which I just love. We're talking to Robert Schaffner and Jeff Lowenthal. The new book is Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. And there's more with them next here on 720 WGN. Day Players, 720 WGN. That was Sugar Mama from the album Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. The new book is of the same name. Robert Schaffner, Jeff Lowenthal are the authors. Jeff, on that day, how long were you in the studio for this uh, for this session? Well, you know, I can't tell you exactly. I know I got there around 9, and uh, they... Uh, Mike Vernon has said that they did 18 tunes, and that that takes quite a while. So it was the evening before the session ended, but I honestly can't tell you exactly how many hours. When you're involved in shooting something like that, it's, it's kind of intense, and you really lose track of time because you're just involved in what you're doing. Did by the end of the session or anywhere in between, did you have an opportunity to speak to all these musicians or some of them? To a few of them, I spoke with Otis Spann. I don't think I, I said ten words to Peter Green, which is which a lot of people are sad about. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, you don't want to interrupt what they're doing, and I, I just want to let them get yeah. into their groove and 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 produce the music they're going to produce. And uh, recording sessions are pretty expensive to lease the studios and so forth, so minutes do count. So uh, I'd be talking to somebody during breaks, maybe, but not not very much. You know, there are so many great interviews in this book as well. Uh, Marshall Chess, as you mentioned, was a producer. Yeah, and he's featured in the book so many years later. Share with us some of his insights from the day that are in the book, Bob. Uh, Marshall is quite a character, and thank you for that. Yeah, the interviews and stuff, uh, the uh, writings are great. Marshall um, basically said the guys in Chicago were looking, you know, for a paycheck. They are like extra money that day, mm-hmm. but they didn't realize they were going to do 18 songs. <laughs> it's it. usually in a day they do, you know, six, ten songs. Right. 
So, uh, Marshall, that was the beginning of Marshall Chess trying to take over the studio and doing something different and getting British blues and kind of cutting-edge rock and roll. And then the studio was sold several months after this session was recorded. Wow. Wow. And I know you have a new interview with Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy's actually performing at his own club, uh, which is a a big deal uh, these next couple of weeks. But tell me about Buddy Guy and that conversation you had with him about that day. That was great. I I was told that I'd only have 10 or 15 minutes with Buddy, and I think we talked for almost an hour. That's great. Um, He really really was very um, uh, appreciative of people like Peter Green, uh, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, who just passed away, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because he basically said, if it wasn't for those British guys, the British, the uh, the blues could have died. Really? Um, and they really brought it back to life. Wow. Um, so he said, and I think it's a quote in the book that I used because, you know, I didn't use everything, but I, I believe it's a quote in the book that he said that, you know, he's indebted to those guys. That's amazing. Amazing. You go ahead. You've interviewed so many, too. So like some of the other interviews that are featured in here, you talk about Fleetwood Mac's contemporaries uh, in some of this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Simmons, uh, who toured a lot with Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Yeah. Um, Ainsley Dunbar, who uh, if people know Ainsley Dunbar, he was Frank Zappa's drummer for the longest period of time, but also has played with probably some of the most premier guitarists in, in music history. And he basically only played with uh, Peter Green for six or nine months, but he said he played a different solo on the same song every night. That's very cool. Very so, cool. I certain- love, I love. I will tell you, I love the pictures in this book. I love the stories behind everything. And if you want to uh, meet these two gentlemen, Sunday, February 5th at 7, there's a book signing and a live music event at Space in Evanston. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, tomorrow we're at Barnes & Noble in Vernon Hills from 12 to 3 for a book signing. And uh, Space in Evanston on February 12th, we have the Blues Crusaders, which uh, are going to be playing a bunch of Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green, Danny Kerwin songs. And uh, special guest will be Dave Spector. That starts at uh, 7 o'clock on February 12th at Space at Evanston, which is a great venue. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. Amazing book, amazing pictures. I really enjoyed it. You know, there's so many books I read. Uh, politics, news, whatever. This was just a moment to just sit down and relax and kind of, I played the music in the background like I'm doing right now when I was when I was reading the book and looking at all these images. But congratulations, Jeff. Beautiful work on the images 50-some years ago and, and, and great job on the book, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And that's how it's designed, to listen to the music while you look at the book. Right? It's the way to do it. I suggest all of you do, too. Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. Available wherever books are sold. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much. All right. We're on 720 WGN.